Hey, Rob, thanks for finding the time for this. Uh, just a question for you about wanting to get through your checklist. You had talked about wanting to add some size, add some toughness, get a top six forward, and then also address the D. Uh, obviously, you did that in Fiala, uh, some of that. But um, what about the fact that this handicaps you now a little bit from a salary cap perspective and doesn't give you a lot of room to make some other moves? Uh, possibly that, that could be, um, could be factored in. I, I think when we, you know, knew we had an opportunity to get a player of, of Cal, uh, Kevin's caliber that took, uh, the, the, the forefront right away. And we were going to make sure that we got that in place because that would be the biggest improvement to our team. How much thought went into, to this trade? Was it something that sort of came, you know, came about over a week or two period or, you know, you guys have been working on this type of a deal since the season ended? Uh, I think looking at that type of uh, position to be filled um, has been been a lot longer than that. Uh, you know, the actual deal itself probably about a ten day period. Um, you know, from from start to finish, there's always some different things in between there. But uh, uh, yeah, as far as filling that role or, or or that need and understanding that, we, we've had that identified for a while. You, you don't have a first round pick now. Uh, what's your strategy with the rest of the Draft capital. I know they have some holes to fill. Could you use these other picks to do something else? Um, yeah, yeah, possibly. Uh, and we met with Mark. Uh, his staff was in LA last week. We met again uh, here in Montreal. Everyone's gathered here in Montreal and discussed strategy. Last year, we, you know, we moved around picks and, and zeroed in on a few targeted players. That could be a possibility or the possibility of. Uh, of trying to acquire some other picks through the draft. So, I mean, it's open. Uh, a lot will dictate how the first day goes. You have a unique situation with your D, right? Real depth where you depth on the right. We depth on the right side, you depth Brock's uh, rights, but not so much on the left. So, uh, Mother and Edler, are either one of them an option to come back? Uh, yeah, we definitely would, uh, would like to bring... Uh, Bring one of them back in a, in a certain situation. We will start a right-handed shot on the left side, um, to, mm-hmm. just uh, because of the abundance of it. The emergence of uh, of Sean Dersey has allowed us to do that. Sean Walker. Uh, we have to see how he responds. As of now, he's been full clearance with his ACL surgery, so we fully expect him uh, to participate in camp. And if that's the case, someone will go to the the left side. Is there someone at the head of that line? Well, I'm still deciding that. Well, uh, Sean, Sean's played it before for us, okay. Walker, um, you know, and uh, I would think, you know, Sean Dursey's, uh, or sorry, Sean, Sean Walker and, and Sean mm-hmm. Dursey's uh, skill set could probably allow for that too. He played a little bit of that in Ontario at times. Uh, I, know, I know you said that the trade took shape maybe 10 days, you know, in the 10 days leading up to it, but uh, when, when did you guys start maybe, if not talking about Fiala, maybe identifying him as a target? Um, given that there was kind of a cap crunch, you know, foreseeable thing going on in Minnesota. Well, I, I think most calls in general, um, probably after the second round or, or third round, I think teams get over some of the things they have to take care of when they're when their seasons are over. And then you start making general calls, and, and that goes even with the teams that are participating in a playoff um, in the playoffs. And so you get a sense of of what could be on the market, what might be available. Um, and, and kind of get your sights set on what you want to address. So, but the, but those calls aren't anything out of the normal. That's that's kind of the time frame that I've noticed over the past few years. 
you know, I want to follow up a little bit on the draft. I mean, I know obviously there's so many different contingencies in place and possibilities. You can't get too specific, but I mean, overall look, I mean, is there any thought of maybe trading back into the first round, uh, consolidating picks? I know last year you guys did a lot of consolidation, had a lot of things in place. Just if you give us any kind of teaser, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, I think, you know, going over the different scenarios with Mark the past few days, a, a lot will depend on uh, how the first round shapes up. So you come home after that and, and you identify players that uh, uh, may have dropped out of that first round. Um, and then there's a possibility if they're available, how do you get them? Do you move up or, or would the likelihood of them being around at, uh, at 51? And if they're not, then the strategy could be to move back and acquire something else. So like I said, it's, it, it's, it's it's up in the air. A lot of it, you know, has been run in the back room, but it really takes shape after that first uh, first day. Hey Rob, how how did this deal with Kevin come together, and just why was maybe that term um, key to maybe getting the deal and the trade done? Well, like I said, I think we we understood a need at uh, at scoring, um, you know, kind of dynamic scoring, playmaking ability. Uh, puck possession, a, a lot of the different traits and attributes Kevin uh, possesses, but we, we we had identified that that need during the the season, and uh, you know, not a lot of times players like that will become available, and um, we were fortunate to be able to get in and, and, and get a deal done and get Kevin with us. Hi, Rob. Uh, just wanted to ask you, what are your priorities now going into the draft? Um, is it you know the standard best? player available kind of thing or is there an area that you're looking to fortify at this point uh I, i'm not sure there's one uh, definite uh, area or anything I, I you know obviously mark will lay out players that would be available at each pick and then um you know if you have a grouping of players you you may want to tend to one position over another um so that that, that kind of will take shape there i mean one of the priorities for our organization though is to get adrian Kempe signed right away here and then then we kind of know our situation uh if we have to address a couple needs in, in free agency and one more uh, follow-up question if i may um watching the colorado avalanche win the stanley cup and knowing that they were at the bottom of the league i think it was five years ago um what kind of message does that send in terms of how you're rebuilding and it it's obviously i mean building rebuilding through the draft <clears throat> excuse me and <clears throat> fortifying with trades is pretty much the the only way to go but did it give you some encouragement in terms of the kings being on the right path uh I, 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 we hope so uh, i mean every team's going to have a different approach and uh they're going to select different type players in different positions in that but to to see where where Colorado was, uh, you know, I think it was five years ago or whatever it was, and then to be in as competitive the past three seasons and breaking through this year, you know. So, um, and, and then on the other side of that, you watch Tampa in the finals, and there's a team that's been able to maintain this for a, for a number of years and, and be real high, highly competitive once they got there. So there, there's a lot of things you can take from those teams. Hey, Rob, I'm just curious how much age distribution factored into doing this deal versus maybe chasing one of those unrestricted free agent forwards that are out there this year. Yeah, uh, very much. We've always had that. If we were going to get into that type of asset um, being moved, uh, you know, whether it's, a, it's it's prospect, draft pick or whatever, uh, controllable was one and age and, and making sure that that fit uh kind of where we wanted that team to go. So that that, that was another trait that uh, fell into Kevin's uh, 
uh, kind of checklist when we were looking at this type of player. And then the last question uh, would just be, was there anything in particular that stood out during any maybe conversations that you had with Fiala? I mean, it's one thing to target a player and want to get him, but once you start talking to him and start going through the negotiations of an extension, was there anything that came out of that that really stood out to you? No, I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, we, we, we talked, uh, you know, during a period uh, just before the trade, then, then obviously when that was official, um, we had a further conversations a lot of it focused uh, from his point of view uh, uh, the the ability to win and um, he spoke really highly of our veterans which he should the guys that have been here um, you know that uh, have been able to lead this team to two Stanley Cups and, and and maintain that same drive within the dressing room he spoke highly of that and being uh, engaged with them and I just think the ability of uh, of his, his breakout uh, type plays, you know, things that uh, in a very close game or a tight game, he, he can change that and he can help you win. He, he's competitive in that nature. Um, he, he, you know, we, we look forward to fitting him into our group. Yeah, Rob, uh, I wanted to follow up. I know you've said several times now that Kempe is a top priority yep. and, you know, Anderson is also part of that group. Um, yep. Is there an impetus to get those deals done before the 13th? Maybe for another reason, you know, the security of it, but also, that you know what you're working with heading into the free agency period, or do you have maybe a little bit more relaxed timeline because they are RFAs? Well, you know, you'd like to have them uh, cemented in so you, you know exactly where you stand. We have obviously projections on each of them, and uh, they are restricted. They're not uh, able to walk away on you, so you know you have time to get deals done. But there's been conversations with uh, with many of the RFAs and, and leading in that direction, but trying to get it so pinpointed so if we do have to uh, – go into the UFA market for defined needs, we know what we have. Rob, yeah, restricted free agents, you've got four arbitration eligible ones. Uh, you got to assume a no-brainer on, on Kempe and uh, Grunstrom, but Leah Anderson and Brendan Lemieux, do yep. you tend to qualify them? What's, what's their standing right now? I think we wanted to kind of peck it off in order. Obviously, like I said, I stated on Kempe being the uh, probably the highest, pro, highest profile RFA in that group, um, salary wise. So we wanted sure. to get him situation, uh, you know, into a situation where we understand our, our needs there, and then look for Mike Anderson, Sean Dersey, uh may not have the same um, CBA rights as the others, but in right. those boats as being important to the team, they they all are. Um, can we fit them all in? Uh, hopefully, but uh, again, until you start getting them one by one, you, you, that, that should take shape. I was just curious, you know, going back to the, to the draft, you, you have five picks this year, you had four last year. Is it, um, is it easier maybe to have less picks in, in years like this when, when you're drafting players that have probably less mileage than a you know, than the, the normal 18 year old guys have in, in normal years, given, you know, given what happened the last two years uh, in the world. Yeah. I, I'm not, not sure that, you know, those, those kids are pretty young and those miles are uh, easily attainable, I would say compared to some of the older players in the league, but uh, you know, it, each draft and, and Mark is fully aware of this. He's done this a, a number of years. Um, they, they all change and the philosophy uh, coming into it, depending on the amount of picks you have and, and also the players that are available in that certain area. He does a very diligent job at laying out, you know, exact players that he feels would have great probabilities of being available when we're picking. And then you make those adjustments. Now, 
you know, I don't think before the draft last year we said we were only going to pick four players. It's just the way it worked out. Players available. The only way to get it is to move up. Then you have to give something to get it. Sometimes you're going to be in a position to move back. And um, that's why I said it, it's, it's a little fluid situation, but uh, not one that Mark hasn't gone over uh, many times. Hey, Rob. Um, can you give me some background on the decision for Marcus Sturm to become head coach of Ontario? Yeah, I think that was a mutual decision based on the fact that Marco wants to pursue a head coaching job in the NHL. And, and to do that, you, you have to be in a position to be a head coach, not just a international tournament. I think you have to run a, run a bench. You have to answer the, to the players on a daily basis when they look back at you about ice time or, or how you're running things. It, there's so much that goes into being the head coach. And for him to, Uh, increase that opportunity to be one in the NHL. Uh, both sides felt it was important for him to take that step with Ontario. Uh, we had the opening. Uh, he's real familiar with our organization, with our development, with the players that we brought in, and also just the relationship between him, um, uh, Marco, Todd, uh, Trent, Billy Ranford, and the guys um, can only help our organization because he knows exactly what we're looking for in the NHL, and he's going to be firsthand teaching that to the kids in Ontario. So I, I, I think it was a mutual decision that benefited both the organization and Marco.